0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. It's time once again to learn about and lean on some of God's faithful promises. So grab your Bibles, clear your hearts, and prepare your minds to receive the precious Word of God. Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. Today's message is out of Isaiah chapter 5, verses 18 through 24. Today's message title is Truthful and Trustworthy. I'm in the King James Version today, so if you don't have your Bible, pause the podcast and get your Bible. Come back and join us. Isaiah chapter 5, verses 18 through 24, truthful and trustworthy. Well, starting with verse 18, woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as it were with a cart rope. That say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their roots shall be as rottenness and their blossoms shall go up as dust because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Now, church, Isaiah wrote this passage somewhere around 730 years before Jesus was born, and now here, around 2,750 years later, we are walking in the paradigm or peak of the reversal that Isaiah was speaking about, and what I'm talking about here is people have cast away the word of God, they despise the word of God, and, and they're calling evil good and good evil, they have brought a big reversal upon what God intended for us to be doing, And I want to ask you today, have you ever wondered at any time about that statement that Jesus made in John chapter 8 when he was, he had just uh, gotten through talking to the, uh, the Pharisees that wanted to stone the woman that was supposedly caught in the act of adultery, and and said, "Those who are are without sin, you can cast the first stone." They all walked away and left her there with Jesus. And he said, "Where are your accusers?" And she said, "I don't see any." And he says, "Neither do I see any accusers." Now go and sin no more. And then uh, later on, Jesus began to speak again and begin to teach again, and and the Pharisees started aggravating him and talking to him about. Him making statements implying that he was the Son of God and, and he said things about Abraham and started implying that he, he knew Abraham. And they said, well, you're not hardly 50 years old and you're acting like you know who Abraham was. You don't know him. And, and Jesus made a profound statement that described who he is and who he was back then and who he always will be in the distance of time that, that Jesus himself covers with God the Father and, and the Trinity of the Godhead, he made a statement to explain to them, he said, before Abraham was, back in past tense, a couple thousand years back, he's saying before Abraham was... I am. He's saying, I am present back then. I'm present right now. I'm present in the future. And he, our understanding of time, church, is far different than God's visual of time and the way that he he looks at things because he sees the past, he sees the present, and he sees the future all at one time. He, he has such a wisdom and such a knowledge and understanding of everything that goes on. You know, we live 18 years and and go to school and graduate school and then we maybe go to college and, and sometime around 22 or 23 years old, we get out of college and all of a sudden life starts to stink because we, we have to work and earn our own way. Mom and dad's not paying our way anymore and our struggles become too real every day. And, and some of us, we hit 30 years old or somewhere around that area and we hit a midlife crisis because things are just going so bad or maybe we just don't understand what's happening in our lives. Yet God is still breathing in the breath that he breathed out when he breathed life into you at birth. It, his mind, his, God's mind processes billions of perfect solutions for all of creation every single millisecond while we do good to remember where our keys are from one day to the other. And that, and that's the truth about God, our creator, God the Father. He knew our limitations before we were ever created. And, and he imputed to us a natural flaw in our own desires and in our lifestyle. And that flaw is called dependability. He, we were created to depend on him. He, he created us to have a mechanism inside of us to look toward him for our needs. And Satan wants us to find other things in our life to depend on, like the news and the internet and social media and party politics and drugs, alcohol, things like that, and even cell phones. Satan wants us to remain socially dependent on all other things in this world that the world has to offer. Like like the book of Revelation is talking about, the world has drank the Kool-Aid of iniquity and Satan wants us to remain dependent on what the world says is popular and what the world says we need. So that and his main objective for this is to keep us from Finding out who we were truly created to be dependent upon. We we shouldn't be dependent upon all these other programs that the government offers out. And it you know it's the government that created rules and regulations and laws and things that they that they just keep making that's against the Bible and against the Word of God and against the will of God. Thinking that they can make life better than what the Bible tells us we should be having, and they just keep on making things worse than what they were. And they want us to depend on them more than depend on God. And they need to take some medicine right out of the Bible themselves and go back to depending on the word of God themselves. But listen, God knew this thing was gonna happen. He's not been fooled by anything. And and what I mean by this, God knew that Satan was gonna cloud the truth. God knew that Satan was gonna change the narrative like these professional politicians have. So let's get this. God who was there before time began, God who was there before Abraham, God who was there before Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God who was there before the world began. He was there before Satan was kicked out of heaven for for rebelling against God himself. God decided to not only create us with a dependency on him, but he also handpicked 36 people to listen to him his voice and write down his words. He, he did this so that when our innermost being began searching for something or someone to depend on that God's words would be written down from the beginning all the way to now all the way up to the end of time that he would have his words written so that they would be they would be just as powerful and just as significant every day of time as they were when they were spoken. And all these words that were written down, that these 36 uh, authors that that God handpicked to write his word, all these words would point us toward God himself. When we start looking for who we need to depend on, God's word would point us to the right place. And with this collection of words over 66 books, God told us from the beginning how the end would be. The 36 authors who penned these 66 books were stretched out over multiple cultures and time periods and challenges, yet they all wrote about one man. This one man is Jesus Christ come to save the world from his sins. He was born from a virgin 4,000 years ago or 4,000 years after creation, excuse me, uh, and after the creation of the world, but yet the world existed. And while the world existed, He was I Am. He was I Am before the world existed. He was I Am way before the universe and the stars and the planets and all those things. And and yet this child that was born in a manger, born of a virgin, was I Am back before the creation of time. And you you may be saying, preacher, you are really confusing me now, but it's not confusing because the Holy Spirit took Jesus and put Jesus into the womb of Mary, and caused Jesus to be born man, and He did it for a purpose to save us from our sins and to change our unrighteousness and to put god 's favor into our life and so i but what I want you to hear today, I want you to hear some writings that he spoke to. To, to two different authors of the Bible 800 years apart from each other. And we have already heard of Isaiah's words about right being wrong and wrong being right that we spoke of in our initial scripture uh, about things would be wrong that people would call right and people would chase after the wrong things and, and they would call that the right thing and everything that's right to do, they would say, oh, that's terrible, don't take any part of that. We've already seen that but but Isaiah also told in chapter 11 there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him now this is Isaiah Foretelling of Jesus' appearance as that baby in the manger seven hundred years before it actually took place, but here's the part I really want to preach to you about today is Isaiah also told of a terrible time that was coming. He told of some tragedy that was coming upon this world on this earth, great tribulation and great times that that would bring peril and and, and pain and suffering upon this earth. Look at Isaiah chapter thirteen verses nine through ten. King James versions, what I'm reading out of here, behold, the day of the Lord cometh cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate. And he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it for the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light and the sun shall be darkened in his going forth and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Isaiah tells this, Isaiah prophesies this, and then 800 years after Isaiah prophesies this, Jesus himself, after his death, burial, and resurrection, is speaking to John on the Isle of Patmos out in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea in Revelation chapter 6 verse 12, and he says, I looked when he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood. Now, if if two witnesses are not enough to convince you of not only that God can be trusted and he's trustworthy, but there truly is a time like this is coming. I I want you to understand that these two witnesses are are prophesying the exact same thing, and, and the Bible tells us that the truth is established out of two or more witnesses. So if these two witnesses is not enough, I want to give you some more. The prophet Joel wrote in Joel 3 and 15, the sun and the moon shall be darkened and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The prophet Amos also wrote in Amos 8 and 9, and it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon and I will darken the earth in the clear of day. Now the prophet Ezekiel wrote in Ezekiel 32 and 8, all the bright lights of heaven will I make dark over thee and set darkness upon thy land, saith the Lord. Now, Ezekiel writes the things that he wrote 575 years before Christ was born. Amos was called into Samaria and was writing his words 760 years before Christ was born. Joel, Joel is prophesying 800 years before Christ is born. But John, the revelator, told this event 60 years after Jesus was resurrected from the grave and secluded on an island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, a place called the Isle of Patmos, while Jesus was dictating some words to him. So why am I going into such great detail over this one event about the sun being darkened and the moon being darkened and and the stars falling out of the heavens and not giving their light? Well, Because this one event... Is at the tail end of the great tribulation that will indeed take place soon. This is just one minor event in the middle of the entire thing. Isaiah told of the day of the Lord and his wrath and fierce anger. Isaiah 13 and 13 says that God will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place. The earth is on a perfect axis and tilting exactly and rotating exactly the way it needs to to keep the weather right and to keep the water waters in the boundaries of the season, and God's going to shake the heavens and cause the earth to rotate out of its axis. That's going to cause the sun to burn too hot. It's going to cause water to dry up. It's going to cause lots of things that we've not ever seen before here on this planet. Revelation chapter 6, 12 through 17, we read some of this earlier, but I want to read this full passage here. Verse 12, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black and sat as sackcloth of hair and the moon became his blood but look at 13 the stars of the heaven fell under the earth even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. So if you've ever got hold of a, of a fruit tree and just shook it real hard trying to get its harvest out of it, the Bible's saying that the star is gonna, are gonna fall just like a mighty hurricane or something comes through and causes apples and pears and peaches or whatever that you're trying to harvest that the fruit's gonna fall off of the tree the stars are going to fall the same way. And verse 14 says, the heaven departed like a scroll was rolled up together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. So there's going to be a great turmoil come upon this earth like we have never seen seen before, like the world has never experienced. And And the kings of the earth and all the men, the captains, mighty men, bondmen, free men, everybody hid themselves in dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to these mountains and rocks, please fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne. Talking about hide us from God and hide us from the wrath of the lamb, Jesus Christ that came to take away the sins of the world. For the great day of his wrath is come. It's here. It's on top of us. And who is going to be able to stand it? Listen, all of God's prophets told of this particular time that was to come. Church, just a year ago, God spoke to me in the cornfield out behind my house and said, do not let the urgency of my return leave your lips. And I've been preaching that ever since. I've been trying to let people know that the urgency of God's return is something that should be on our hearts that we need to be reminding ourselves all the time. So I want to ask you something today. If Jesus' return, is urgent to him. Now, come on. I I want you to understand this. Get this in your mind. If it's urgent to him, if his return is urgent to him, how much more urgent should it be for us to prepare for him to keep good on that promise and keep good on his return. Come on, church. People are making every excuse that they can not to go to church. They make every excuse they can to be mad at somebody or can't get their way. They can justify themselves not being at church because they've got all kinds of excuses. And I, listen, I would rather, uh, be focused on God and not be focused on part of those people that's that's dealing with all this stuff that God's going to unload his anger on in the tribulation. I, I wouldn't want to be taking part in being angry or upset or finding excuses as to why to not go to church. I would just rather be focused on going to church and and being part of what God's doing so that I'll make sure that I don't miss his rapture and don't miss the, the being taken out of here and being protected from that stuff as for me to at least ever be concerned about being mad at somebody or holding grudges against them because that time is coming soon, church, and I I want you to know that it's a it's closer than what you think it is it's the the way that the world is looking right now the the things that's happening God does not owe us anything there's not a a single thing left in the Bible not a single prophecy left that he needs to fulfill before he takes his people out of here now I know a lot of a lot of a uh uh people in a lot of different churches and a lot of different denominations call the, the rapture many things. A lot of people say rapture is not in the church, not in the Bible. It's, it's not written in the English Bible, but it sure is written in the original languages. That word rapturo means a great catching away, like some of the denominations say. So let's just cut the chase about arguing what to call it. God is going to take his people home. Just, just remember that. He's going to snatch his people off of this earth without warning and the other people that are not part of God's people are going to be left here for the tribulation whatever you want to call it the great thief in the night the catching away the rapture the raptura whatever language you want to speak it Jesus Christ is going to call his people off of this earth and they are leaving here one of these days and those people that are so caught up in excuses and and living with for the world and taking part in what the world has to offer and not taking Jesus seriously about his Word and how he wants us to live, they will not leave this earth, they will be part of the great tribulation. A preacher friend of mine once told me that he said, I'd rather hold your hand as to hold a grudge. And he said, I'd rather sit next to a hypocrite in church as to sit by myself in the dark in the tribulation. People, Jesus is coming back, he is coming back, he's gonna take his people out of this world, but first. He is going to call his faithful people home. The next thing he's going to do is unleash the great tribulation upon this earth. There's going to be darkness. The water is going to turn to blood. The, the ships are going to, uh, a third of the ships are going to be destroyed and there's going to be great big uh creatures that are uh, horse-sized scorpions. It's going to be stinging people. The death angels going to come through. There's going to be so much chaos and things on this earth that, that people are going to die. People are going to be dying left and right, and the torture and the pain and the agony is going to be awful. The Antichrist is going to set up his camp, and he's going to start hunting down those people who, in the tribulation, make their choice to turn toward Christ, and he's going to start killing them. If you don't want to serve God right now listen if you think that you you can avoid going to Jesus's house here on the earth but yet you can still live with him in heaven in his in his mansion in his city you've got another thing coming you you need to be focusing on what God wants you to be doing don't take the chance to think that you can live religion your way or, or live life your way and still make an exception that God's going to let you in and I wouldn't roll the dice on going against God's word in any place, form, or fashion. It doesn't matter what somebody else has taught you. Get the Bible out and read it for yourself and let the Holy Spirit teach you what God wants you to see and what he wants you to hear and how he wants you to live. It says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't let some denomination or some some preacher, or some doctrine, I, I even tell the people at my church, don't be listening to me and paying attention to me enough that you just trust me without verifying God's word yourself. Let God speak to you through his word. You have to read his word for yourself and let him work into your life for yourself. Nobody else can get you to heaven. You can't ride the shirt tail of somebody else. It's not going to work that way. And it doesn't matter how much you listen to another preacher and how much they try to tell you a certain way is the right way to get into heaven. Jesus said, I am the only way. I am the truth. I'm the life. And no man will get to heaven except through me. You're not going to get to the Father unless you go through Jesus. And Jesus said that you have to follow me. You have to do what I ask you to do. And the problem is people won't read the word of God and follow the word of God and pay attention to the word of God so that they know what they're supposed to do. But he's coming. He's gonna take his faithful people home. He's gonna unleash this great tribulation. And the next thing, this one thing that I showed you was so many prophets that said, the lights are gonna go out. The sun is gonna darken. The moon is gonna darken. And just as all the earth darkens, the portal of heaven is gonna open up. Jesus Christ is gonna appear in that evening eastern sky and he's coming back to this earth and the enemies of God are going to try to make war with him and listen Jesus is not coming back to make friends this time people he's coming back for blood Jesus is going to clean house on this planet and you you should get ready for that you should be prepared to be on his side and not on the world's side I've seen these people that's carrying these signs that says if Jesus comes back kill him again that's not going to work for them he, he came once to die for our sins. He's coming back the next time to take over. And the only way to avoid this certain destruction is to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Do it now. He says that the, if, if you don't, if you're caught w- without understanding and you're, you're caught without paying attention and you're caught without watching for him, he'll show up like a thief. Listen, you need to believe on the one that God the Father sent for your payment of sins, and that's Jesus Christ. Revelation 3 and 3 says, remember. That means to keep in mind. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, and he's talking about received and heard my life-giving word. He says, hold fast to that and repent. Turn around now is what repent means. If you've got some wrongdoing, if you're going the wrong direction in your life, turn around. Go the other direction now. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't roll the dice on on eternity to find out if you're going to be right or wrong based on what somebody else said. Get the Bible out and find it out. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you because this scripture is saying, that if you're not watching, if you're not expecting my return, if you're not looking for me, I will come on you like a thief and you'll not know one hour that I will come upon you. And when a thief comes in your house, your goods are already stolen. And, And when you come home the next day or wake up the next morning or what have you, it's already too late. The deed has already been done. Jesus's call will already be here. His people will be gone and it will be too late for you. You will have to face the tribulation. Revelation 2 and 25 says, but that which you already have, hold fast till I come. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you may not understand a lot of other things. You need to focus on living for Christ. Focus on keeping him number one in your life. Focus on on following his word and doing what he says because Revelation 2 and 25 says, hold fast to that. Your first works keep your faith and trust in Jesus enough, he says, keep believing in my doctrine without wavering because God is faithful. His word is trustworthy and he is coming again. Yes, we teach many other benefits of knowing God and and trusting God and sometimes new Christians can get confused and I want to talk to you new Christians. Some Some of you have received Christ through this podcast. Some of you received him in churches just recently over the last year or so, maybe even the last couple of weeks but all of you that have just recently given your heart to Jesus, maybe there's still many things you don't know yet and many things that you don't understand and if time permits, yes, if Jesus waits long, enough for you to learn about these other things you'll begin to understand more and more about him and his kingdom but until then as John was saying in Revelation keep Jesus' words that he spoke to the church of Thyatira he said that which you already have you have some faith in me you've depended on me to save you you've turned to me for your salvation that which you already have hold on to that You may not understand everything else yet, but hold on to Jesus Christ. Hold fast your faith without wavering for he is faithful with that promised. You you may have plenty of other things out there that other people are saying. You may have plenty of other doctrines that people have told you. You you may be one of these people that have jumped from church to church looking for the truth, looking for the right answers, looking for what feels right inside of you where the Spirit could bear witness and saying, I finally feel comfortable with what God is trying to tell me and lead me to. Well, if you've been doing that, you, you need to hold fast to one thing most importantly. Who is my Savior? Who is my own? Hope for salvation. That is Jesus Christ. It's his blood and his blood alone. He's coming back to this earth after the rapture and after the tribulation, and he's going to set up camp. He's going to do away with sin once and for all. And the blood that paid for your salvation, his robe that he's wearing is dipped, is baptized in his own blood that he shed at Calvary. And he's coming back to tell those people on this earth that have refused him, that have turned against him, that hate him, that don't want to follow his will and his word he's coming back to tell them since you won't receive me as your lord and savior you won't receive my blood shed for your payment for sin then i'm coming for your blood i'm coming back to do to you what you did to me and i'm coming to take all your blood that great wine press of wrath that we talked about in, in revelation chapter 18 19 and 20 as we discussed those chapters in past podcasts he's he's coming back to see that retribution is settled, that the payment for sin is settled. And those who don't want to accept Jesus Christ's payment for sin, you've got to know that he died. And when he was lifted up on that cross, he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. He's already purchased you. You already belong to him. Your price for sin has already been paid. But the caveat is that you have to accept that as your payment of sin. If you will not receive Jesus Christ as your payment of sin to keep you from having to go through that wrath of that tribulation and pay for your own sins with your own blood, then that's what you're going to have to do. It's a whole lot better. It's a whole lot safer. It's a whole lot a lot better picture of God's grace if you would just turn to Jesus Christ now, receive His penalty, receive His blood shed as your blood shed, His death as your death and your payment for your sins, and and don't wait until he, he comes back. It's too late if you take your last breath, people. If you take your last breath not knowing him, it's already too late. Don't wait that long. But those of you that have received him, hold on to that. The world's gonna try to get you to turn against it. The world's gonna try to tell you that he's not true. The world's gonna try to talk to you and tell you you can't serve God because of this. The devil's gonna get in your ear and remind you of your past and try to tell you because you've made mistakes that it's too late. God's not gonna forgive you again. He says, I'm faithful and just that every single time that you mess up, that if you will still call on me, I'll be right there to forgive you again and to keep you in my hand. Do not let the enemy talk you out of what you have received through your faith in Jesus Christ. He will lock your salvation in as long as you constantly believe in him for your salvation. And I want to pray with you today if you've not received Jesus Christ, because I've given you all these scriptures throughout the times of the history of the Bible to show you that it's trustworthy, it's truthful, you can depend on what God says. And he said that Jesus Christ can save you from your sins, he's paid the price for your sins, and if you'll turn to him, you can go to heaven and spend eternity in heaven with him. And I want to pray with you today, if you feel Jesus tugging at your heart, the Holy Spirit digging at you, may Maybe your heart rate is up. Your nerves is bothering you. You just feel those tinglings that's going on that you say this preacher is telling you the truth. I want to pray with you. Pray with me in these words and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you to come save me and I want you to do that. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Change my life and prepare me to meet you. I receive you through faith because I know that you died for my sins. And I receive your death and your penalty that you took upon that cross as my death and penalty. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come in and teach me how to live right now. Show me how to live my life and let me live it by faith in you. In the name of Jesus right now, according to your word, I am saved through faith in you. And I receive you as Lord and Master. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it and you felt the Holy Spirit tugging you to do it, all heaven is rejoicing because of the choice that you've made today. Please get yourself in a Bible-believing church. Get yourself around some friends that believe the same way. Get around some people that will help lead and guide you. Find some discipleship training. Call upon us. Email me and let me know. Let, Let us help you serve the Lord together. Give your testimony because you're overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Share the good news that you've changed who you are, that you've turned around and started going a different direction. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today and we will see you on the next one.